22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. I wonder if the same people that hate wearing masks in stores are the ones who also wear no pants in the house when it's hot and they have company. I was just wondering if they're the same people. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 163. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who's known in most churches, probably because every clergy is busy praying that he doesn't come and visit them. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Help me! Help me! Is that the I witch am. from the Wizard of Oz? Nope. Oh. It's horror, bro. Not, I mean, you know, unless you find Wizard you're talking of the Wizard of Oz wasn't horror, bro. It's horror sci-fi. It's it's, it's horror. horror. Look well, at it. From, look at it from it, the witch's point of view. I have no idea. Let's get to it. I don't I, know. I, I, I have no idea. Is it, 1958, The Fly. Oh, Famous The Fly. Fly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, they, after they destroy the human body that had the fly head, eventually they find the fly that has the human head and it's trapped into a spider's web and it's going, help me, help me. And they beat him to death with a stone. Oh it's God. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how they it's did like, it back in the fifties. They didn't play. <laughs> and our other illustrious host is the man who's known for making priests curse out loud. And that's probably because they're telling him to not say another fucking goddamn joke. RT square, Ralph the tech. Uh, my record's 355. And counting. Yep. Uh, so the other day, as I was contemplating contemplation, deeply lost in thought, asleep, I had an idea. At some point in the future, there'll be a reality show where the premise of the show is to fly flat earthers into space and watching them react to the fact that the earth isn't flat. <laughs> no, because there isn't going to be a conspiracy theory just to get them on the shuttle. So it ain't going to happen. You never know. You say, hey, you think the Earth is flat? Let's go check this shit out. Come on. <laughs> well, we at least reduce that. Uh, we go through that herd a little bit. We thin it out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Joe. Joe always talked about when we were kids um, thinning out the herd. But I'll talk about that off podcast. But let's move on. All right. So today we got a couple of things on the agenda. We have a very special show today. First, we'll be talking with a friend of the podcast who's an up and coming artist and just landed a major gig to work on a cover for an iconic book. Actually, the iconic book is Vampirella. Today, we'll be speaking with the one and only artist, Lula Lucas. Then we're going to review another offering from the Netflix gods. Maybe I shouldn't use the word gods in that intro. It's a little too on the nose. But today, we're going to talk about the Netflix series, Warrior Nun. But first, if Mike was a god and you prayed at his altar, he would probably whisper in your ear and not only tell you how ugly your kid is and also tell you how he feels about um, how people dress. He'll also tell you about some really, really good things that have to do with geek culture. Luckily, we don't have to pray. He volunteers that information regardless. So please give it up for the almighty Mike and it's quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. I don't know what in the world would possess you to think that I'm not a god, but teach his own. Wait, you'll learn the hard way. 
we're not supposed <laughs> to pray to Mike for the quick news, then why have I like, been slaughtering all these goats these years? I'm also dyslexic. It might have been you're a dog. Uh, I, I think also it's because you really wanted that goat stew. That's not neither here nor there with me. Hey, anyway, goat's not too gaming. Go ahead. It's uh, very good. It's good. It's very good. Anyhow, what's more toxic than a Britney Spears song? Knowing Ethan Van Skyver. A Twitter nerd storm was in full scale after comic book writer Tom King lashed out at comic book artist Jay Lee for perceived alliance to Comicsgate. King criticized DC Comics when Lee was commissioned to do a cover for King's Rorschach comic. Lee had contributed covers to old-time friend Ethan Van Skyver for his crowdfunding Comicsgate titles, and King put Lee on public blast for it. However, since finding out that Lee was unaware of the purpose for the covers, King has since apologized to Lee and removed his negative tweets. Now, for you hoes at home that are unfamiliar with Comicsgate, it is a campaign by many writers, artists, and other influencers within the comics industry to push back on what is seen as forced diversity and progressivism in North American superhero comic books. Uh, the movement is not just limited to storytelling, as members are also opposed to hiring creators and depicting characters that are also to believed to be pushing forced diversity. Critics of Comicsgate describe the movement as part of the alt-right and as harassment, which targets women, people of color, and LGBTQ, both in publications and in real life. Wow. Yeah, you would it's think that shitty. the geek community, yeah, I was gonna say, you would think the geek community is pretty safe or pretty accepting, and now after hearing that, Mike, it's just... You, you <laughs> almost want to think that, but it's, I mean, especially for comic books, I mean, they're geared for straight male, you know, viewers and readers. That's what they're geared for, you know? And they, they like to live in their house of, <laughs> of glass <laughs> non-diversity. Wow. Okay. I prefer House of Pain. Jump around. Jump, jump, jump around. No? And Not you, in that glass you, house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, it seems that stuff goes on in the geek community because I've yeah. always talked about the geek community being very embracing and very, you know, like um, accepting of a lot of things. But it goes to show that we still have a long way to go in society and even in the geek society. So I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. What else you got there, Mike? Well, for those Witcher enthusiasts that can't get enough of Henry Cavill's acting, yes, yes. go to Home Depot and buy a plank of wood. Aww. But for those fans <laughs> that can't get enough of the show's mythos, happy days are coming your way. I heard about The this. Witcher showrunner Lauren S. Hisrich confirmed that a prequel series set 1,200 years prior to the events of the Netflix show is currently in development. The upcoming series will be titled The Witcher Blood Origin and is scheduled to have six episodes. It has also been confirmed that the Polish author of the novels, uh, Andrzej, I'm sorry, Andrzej Sapkowski, will be involved with the new series. Blood Origins will explore the myth and lore of the continent in order to show how the first Witcher was created, which will really allude to the conju um, conjunction of the spheres, which is where the multiverse event that reshaped the continent. Hmm, okay. And I still have not caught The Witcher yet. Okay. I haven't either, so, but I do have a blank plank of wood, and so I do feel like I've seen Henry Cavill. So, oh so, my God, Mike, you're so hard on him. Here's here's what I need you guys to do. There's a window, right? Open it, jump out. <laughs> Damn! Why? I thought it was gonna be Why? longer than that. No, that's that's it. Find window. That, three steps. That's your boy. That's your man's in them. Three steps. Find window. Open window. Jump out. Very easy. Wow. Well, that's a good thing that I. I live in a basement apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I would not fare so well. <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? 
cat fell out his window. Boing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a fat joke or a big head joke? Take your pick. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Mike. There you go. All After right. the podcast, I got to tell you guys a Superman joke. Uh-oh. Oh, fuck. This sounds dirty. I can't wait. All right. I can hear the last, person already. Last but not least, everyone report to the living room and set your phasers on high expectations. Now, you probably think this is something to do with Star Trek, but it doesn't. I just felt like using that expression. Uh, but keep your expectations up nonetheless. Critics are giving much love to the upcoming second season of Netflix's Umbrella Academy, despite average reviews for season one. Rotten Tomatoes has an advanced reviews from professional critics averaging 96% compared what? to season one's reception at 75%. Um, so this is going to show on this coming Friday. For those of you that don't know when this is recorded, that will be July 31st is when uh, season two is coming out. Now, hopefully as these uh, dysfunctional heroes save the world, their show will save my summer. <laughs> I hope so, because I mean, this summer, everything's been taken away from us. Beaches, movies, um dating i mean you know now, i'm just saying was yeah. that bitches or beaches 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 yeah. was that <laughs> and I, I miss it because I, I haven't seen family because oh, well, you all know i'm a son of a beach and i haven't <laughs> been able to <laughs> <laughs> bad puns talking about the bad puns sorry i just watched <laughs> doom patrol if you know doom patrol you'll you'll, you'll know what i'm talking about um <laughs> so i guess that's all your quickness yep Oh, all right. Ralphie, any quick news for you? No, he actually took my quick news from The Witcher. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's hey, why Henry Cavill looked depressed. Oh, wait, I can't tell. <laughs> you know what, Mike? Fuck you. Ah. And you know what, Cavill? That would you know be what? more and and that would be more emphasis than Henry Cavill ever put into anything. Very true. So that Very the cat true. doesn't feel, you know, left out. Fuck you. There you go. Ah. One for there's each nothing of you. like there's nothing like me telling myself off. To start yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Very true. All right. So usually we would go into um, the beginning of reviewing whatever movie or series we're going into. But we're going to take a quick break and we're going to um, showcase our conversation with the great up and coming artist, Lula Lucas. Stay tuned. Okay. And welcome back. And allow me to introduce you to our special guest. Every once in a while, we get the opportunity to break away from our content reviewing or bashing, and we actually get to speak to some creators in the comic book world. And this illustrator is just getting started. Um, I got to check her out last year um, at, Royal, at Royal Collectibles in Queens. I might have mentioned that a podcast of, or previously. Um, she's a self-taught artist who came back into art just recently and with hard work and diligence, not only was her work noticed by a famous makeup artist, which we'll get to in a second, but is also now going to be working on a cover of um, Vampirella, who's published by Dynamite Comics. Please give a nice warm welcome to an amazing artist and a friend of the podcast, Lula Lucas. Thank you. Yay, yay. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> this is the best intro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> we like, aim the please. <laughs> Lula, so glad to have you on the show. We've been dying to have you on the show for almost about a year. So glad we could finally get you to, to come through. I know, and I'm glad I have more to the table to to share at this point because a year ago was a lot different. So I'm very yeah, happy but, to be here. Thank you. But, but, even a, but even a year ago, you had some stuff going on. I, I mentioned in the intro talking about a famous um, makeup artist taking notice to your work. Could you elaborate what I'm talking about? 
Yes, I'm very um, happy to. He's actually a, a good friend now and, and a mentor to me. Um, his name is John Caglione Jr. He's mostly known for his incredible um, work on Dick Tracy, which he won in a, you know, an wow. Oscar for. Yeah, oh, I'd love so, the visuals of that movie. Oh my God! Right, the and movie. Yeah, the, <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. But you know, you could still watch it and be like, "Look at all the colors." Yeah, no, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. And everything pulled together um, for back then too. And and he won an Oscar, and um, that kind of really broke him into the whole um, uh, you know film industry. So um, I got lucky by uh, him actually getting a piece of my artwork, which was a, a fan art of the Joker, the Heat Ledger Joker, and it got into his hands. And from there, he reached out to me on Instagram. So social media does actually have some positives. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He reached out to me, and I was just so honored, and I was so hyper after you know seeing that the real creator of the Heat, Le Heat Ledger's uh, Joker makeup was reaching out to me. Uh, something came over me and said, you know, you shouldn't just have a print. I feel like you deserve a little bit more. Are you going to be in the city in the next couple of weeks? Because I have an art show in the village. And he actually said yes. And I said, well, I'm going to present you with a painting. If you'll accept it, I'd be honored. And he said, absolutely. I'll be there. I'll bring my family. And, and then ever since then, we just kind of built a, a really... Um, cool friendship you know my husband um and him actually are like really good friends now oh, wow. uh, he does live Great. not too far from me yeah so i'm very lucky to have him to lean on because i can maybe ask him questions and he'll give me some some great you know advice for sure oh, okay very nice and yeah you're, and you're a new york girl right yes originally from brooklyn and <laughs> But now residing because you're like originally from Brooklyn. I'm like, uh oh, she moved out yeah, of Brooklyn. <laughs> I did, I did, and I'm in I'm in Long Island now, and um, I've been here for since I feel like 2007 ish around there. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, it's been I, I lost my accent. I don't know. Do, do you do you still hear it a little bit? <laughs> you got a hint of it. It isn't is totally. Uh, it is totally gone. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn. I survived Brooklyn growing up as a kid by using my artwork and you know just being that kid in school that would always draw and and i you know i made friends that way and yeah um it was a, it was a little it was a little tough for me you know in school um but i i survived and my artwork definitely has gotten a lot better from my school days for sure <laughs> I, I obviously have been getting notoriety by def by these different people absolutely let me ask you what, because you said you drew, you know, you drew when you were younger and then you stopped and then you just, you know, you were telling us before we started the podcast that you started again recently. What got you um, inspired again to, um, to draw? Um, yeah, I totally stopped drawing. So I've been out of the comic book world for, uh, I want to say since 2004. Um, and then in 2018 is when I got back into drawing because I was inspired by seeing some artwork that was being done on Instagram by Adelso Corona. He's a he's a great artist that does a lot of live work. Okay. And for some reason, I just shared a picture of my snake eyes because he was drawing snake eyes. And I said, you know, I just direct messaged him and he, he said I nailed it. You know, like I really killed it. And he's a, a great artist. And I was like, wow, you know, if he thought I killed it and actually responded and he has like you know, 75,000 fans. Um, 
I thought that was like something worked, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start drawing again. And ever mm -hmm. since then, I just kind of like got back into it. I walked into a comic book store that is uh, called Genesis Comic and Gaming in Ronkonkoma. And it's my friend's comic book store. He just opened it up and I started to talk to him a little bit about art because he did actually have local artist um, fan art up on the wall. And I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know you can actually do that. It's been so long. I've never really seen like local artists work in, in a comic book shop. Um, so I, I, I asked him questions about it and, and he said, you know, there's a new um, convention coming up just for independent artists. You should definitely go because he saw my work and I was like, really? And I kind of just put together whatever old stuff I had made some cup you know like a couple of new things and i went to my show and i gotta send you a picture of it it's so funny it's like the, the first show i've ever been to <laughs> it, it's it's so sad <laughs> four pieces but i think i sold one print i made like five dollars <laughs> it was great humble beginnings that's what it sounds like but that's what's up that's what that's what starting up from from the bottom is all about that's pretty good yeah it was it was great because i met a lot of people there that i still am in touch with today that are still really good, supportive people. That's great, and then you need that in this kind of business. Absolutely, it's so cutthroat, it's very competitive, and as an artist, we're all very sensitive, you know? We, we right. just, we, we take everything, um, I guess, it, it could get really heavy in your mind when you're drawing, and you could kind of hear the criticism that doesn't even exist, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, um, and then you also have to focus on creating something, so, yeah. Yeah. So, Lula, um, being an artist, you, it's a pretty much a job you could do almost anywhere in the world, as long as you got a good, quiet uh, place to do it in. And, and as you said before uh, off the podcast, you have your own home studio. But if you had the yes. choice to work anywhere in the world, to, to have any sort of like scenery in the background that you could work off of, where would you work from? I love this question. This is such <laughs> a great question. I'm a traveler, and, uh, you know, COVID is really... You know, it, it's a dark time for all of us, and you know, it, it's it's, and it also like hurts people from just mentally, you know, being isolated. And and traveling was always my way of escaping from my everyday life. You know, just working. I, I'm not I'm not a full time artist. I am. It is more of a hobby that's sort of transitioning into professional capacity now. Um, and I'm very blessed that I could even say that. Uh, but the vacation part of it to help me with, you know, my regular day job, um, you know, it, it's that it's I would travel like every four months, you know, I would get away and I was very fortunate enough to be able to go to Thailand. So that would be oh, nice. oh, that wow. would be the, the place I would go to um, as soon as you land in Thailand. Uh, the people, they they just have that energy of. Like they see you as like a divine being, like everyone treats each other with kindness. And when you come back from Thailand, it's such a shock to land shock for sure, in probably. JFK. And you oh, God. Hey, lady, move your butt, huh? I'm yes. trying to get my taxi through. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, my God. It's like, where am I? Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, Thailand would definitely be the number one place I would love to just be um, most of my you know most of the time and oh, nice. where else can you see elephants just walking down the road oh. you know and such majestic just, beasts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gorgeous 
All right. Um, this question has uh, two parts to it. So um, what's your favorite character or object or just subject that you like to draw? What's your least favorite? And what is one thing that no matter what amount of money someone pays you to do, you will not draw? <laughs> 15 part a, question right I there, have, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Talk about me and, my and, and that's our show. <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> Um, I love to draw women. I really do. I love the female form. I love capturing uh, a woman's essence and maybe uh, just adding some elements that can really show my style and show, you know, that I, I put so much effort into the eyes and the hair, um, the, uh, the energy that or the vibe that she's creating. I love that. And, and, so Wonder Woman and Catwoman are definitely up there. Jean Grey, um, those type of characters. Uh, my least favorite is Spider-Man. Um, Why? Yeah. It's because yeah, he doesn't I, have much expression? Um, I, the lines are very tedious. Oh, yes, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> that, that I can the, see. the webbing on the uniform, absolutely. I can yeah. imagine. Yes. So I like drawing Miles and um, Spider-Gwen. I do love drawing them. Yeah. Right. And and I think it's and it's and it's fun to teach people how to draw them too, like especially kids. Like it's easier for them too, and and they get to get confidence in drawing them, and because they're so like, they, like that's their character now. Like that's who they're connected to, the younger kids. So they're very um, it's easier for way. me to show them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, the one thing I would not like to draw ever is. Uh, I have that weird phobia that I can't even Google it. It has to do with the groups of tiny little holes. So if you tell oh, me I have yeah, to draw yeah. beehives or something like oh. that, <laughs> I will lose it. You could not pay me. I can now we know what to commission you for. Okay, got yes. it. <laughs> Hope Honeycomb doesn't call you anytime soon. We need you to illustrate our cereal box. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, I had a question for you. Um, so you get a call from publishers and you're, they want you to do the interiors for something that's been an ongoing comic book series, but it's going to be your heart's desire. What two titles would they be? I'm, I have so much catching up to do. Honestly, I think anything that Scott Snyder does, I really okay. love ah. his storytelling. Okay. I just finished um, reading The Witches. Did you read that or check it out? No, I haven't read it. Oh. Yeah, if you like anything that's very horror based, mm -hmm. um, oh, that's not you know, a little bit of psychological, <laughs> not right. I would think you would enjoy it because his storytelling skills, wow, it just, it, it right. was definitely a page turner. Um, okay. It's a little dark and twisted. You'll see like in the beginning how they get you and they hook you in. It's like, whoa, did, they, did that girl just say that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, well-written horror it's titles are are great you know i've been reading like a, i just finished nail biter i don't know if you ever read that no um it's disturbing I'll check that out. yeah it's yeah definitely disturbing. yeah like and disturbing. i've been <laughs> yeah and it's um and also i think it's head is it heads in a basket or a basket full of heads I oh the one by, by joe hill right by yes yeah, by joe hill it's really good so far so i'm looking forward to finishing that oh oh cap yeah. just great. in case you, you just in case you were wondering cap is witches with a y w-y-t-c-h-e-s so so you're gonna look it up you know I'm going to look it up because anybody who knows the podcast know I love horror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hates horror. Oh, really? <laughs> he hates horror. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about Lula, guys. All right. That's very true. Um, it's one other thing that I was curious about. Like I said, um, 
uh, as a woman in the field and stuff like that, I'm curious with all the, the Me Too stuff that's been going on and, and seeing the comic book industry try and, you know, make positive strides with female characters. They've actually revised some of the costumes, making it a little bit less revealing. Now, do you think that more realistic portrayals of the female superhero form would discourage male readers or encourage female readers? Or do you think that wouldn't change? Or like, in other words, kind of like um, when you've been at conventions, stuff like that, do you hear anybody talk about like, oh, I want more of this, or this should be more exaggerated, or people saying like, it doesn't matter to me. I just want the story. I want the characters to look cool kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it all depends. I think fans that are, you, you know, like if you're a fan of that comic book or that character, you're going to follow it no matter what, no matter right. you want it, you want to hear the story. So right. it doesn't really matter your gender. And um, I think if the fan is connected to the story in some way or they love the artwork, it really speaks to them or a friend recommends it like you're telling right. me about this story like i'm gonna go check it out you know because you understand that i already like witches like if the artwork in this book right now that i take a look at if it is going to show um women in a certain way i it really wouldn't matter to me as long okay. as like the story is well written the artwork has like you could tell that there was effort into it it's well mm -hmm. done it's tasteful it's a hard dance to play for sure to, to keep the writer uh, to, to make to, to make the reader understand what the writer is trying to tell. And also the artist has to help do that. It's a team, mm -hmm. you know. Right. So I understand that. I mean, with the whole Me Too movement, too, I, I understand a lot of that. And, and like I said before, I am getting back into this whole world and. I, but I grew up in the 90s where there's Michael Turner. His artwork mm -hmm. was really all about showcasing right. women's anatomy. Figure. Yeah, yeah right. the female figure. It was definitely exaggerated. It was absolutely. one of the most exaggerated, right? Right. Between um, Richland and Fathom, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the story, <laughs> I, like Fathom, I don't think was a really good story, honestly. No. I think it was no. just really, <laughs> look, look how beautiful the, the artwork was. And a lot right. of people bought it for that. I'm one of those people. It also inspired me to, to get into drawing. Nice. Um, that's not a bad thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, no. I also am a big fan of the Max. And I don't know if you oh. remember Julie Winters. She had pretty much, you know, a, 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 she wasn't like the, the superhuman physique, like a Wonder Woman type, let's say, right. you know, um, strength, uh, long, tall, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I totally... I love that story. I don't, it really depends on the story. I feel like. Yeah. And that's how Does I am with artwork. Sense? Yeah. And that's how I am with artwork. It all, everything just depends on the story. As long as it works with it. Yes. As long as it's a good fit. Um, yeah. I, I think you'll, you'll gravitate to it and, and there's an audience for everything. Let's, yeah. let's be honest, you know? So uh, just make sure you're doing a, an effective job and, and right. keeping the, the reader wanting more. Well, right. the fact that you're doing a cover for one of my favorite characters to read. I love Vampirella. So. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come up. I was waiting I, for I, that I'm, to I'm come a up. huge fan of Vampirella. You know, I, I've watched her change over the age. And it's really funny, though, watching um, some people try and, and cover her up a little bit more um, over time. It, it bounces back and forth. But it, the stories are generally fun with her. What do you think about that? I mean... I, I actually, ha you know, because this is my first time ever drawing a cover. So there's a whole process, obviously. You want to, like, my my process was to create an actual vision board through Pinterest, right? How lucky am I? Like, think about all the yeah. artists back in the day that didn't have Pinterest. Right. So I created a, a secret board. And 
it's all vampire aesthetics and 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 gothic and and just there's so much out there and so much inspiration mm-hmm. um and i also looked at all of the previous artists you know like per- perillo frazetta mm-hmm. those are my two oh, favorites Frizzetta, right yeah. yeah those are fantastic i mean think of frazetta's work the way the structure of the body no matter what it was moving and i have that right. problem i'm learning that i'm teaching i'm trying to grow as an artist to be able to um create a look inside the person's body so you still see movement even though it's a 2d mm-hmm. um right. you could i don't want it to look stagnant that's what i'm trying to say so there's a there's a playfulness with um the the muscles and the skeleton and the anatomy all together and you have to mm-hmm. be be able to to draw it correctly and also not not what like my i'm trying to get away i'm trying to be a little bit more looser sometimes right. my artwork can be a little bit too uh, crisp and and hard lines. So okay. I'm hoping that I you'll find a nice um, balance in in my uh, my cover for sure. Oh, that's fantastic. And you said it's a one shot. Yes, it is. It's called Trials of the Soul. Um, okay, the great. story is about whether or not she has a soul, and oh. uh, it it I think it's going to be interesting. And with one shots, I feel like they're more about like testing the audience to see mm-hmm. if they can maybe possibly. Um, go a little bit deeper into the story or maybe it could become a movie or something like that you know yeah. so it's kind of cool I'm, I'm i'm very excited about this not many people get this opportunity so absolutely it's a big deal to me <laughs> <laughs> and you nope. should be you should be proud of it too that's fantastic oh thank you thank you it is a process i i did submit the sketch work to um dynamite and you know like with anything there are um you have to capture what the what the I guess the publisher needs to have in order for it to keep that essence and you know still what they have in look mind. like her. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it still has to look like her. And I and I, I I'm very proud of the feedback that I got. I will tell Good. you, I'll definitely yeah. update you later on. But I, I'm do. very proud. Yeah. I am excited to see it. Yeah. It's scary, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like oh my god, this is the first time. And, <laughs> I definitely didn't get like feedback that's like, oh, her eyes are crooked. You know, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's it's a feedback that the artists are afraid of. Like, oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. So no, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, now, also, I know. Um. Real quick. Um. I know that you're also working on an independent comic, Criminal Tendencies. Could you take a couple seconds and tell me about that real quick? Yes, that is something I'm very excited about because it is. Um, a great story a friend of mine actually brought my attention to it uh, it's a script that he wrote 30 years ago and i keep saying 20 years ago because i think nine the 90s were 20 years ago i'm one of those people <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish that would put me so, in my 30s so yeah <laughs> so it's like i always say that i'm glad i caught myself but it's a psychological uh detective story Ooh. that um it's supposedly it is placed in the 90s so if you do like the movie heat reservoir dogs Seven, oh, yeah yeah if you okay. like those type of crime films i feel like you'll definitely enjoy this and it is um it, it does have a lot of interesting characters he wrote six issues of it and i have to like congratulate him on doing that it's hard to write one issue imagine mm-hmm. six you know yeah. and, <laughs> and now you gotta plot all of that, all <laughs> now you, of got, that. Yeah. you gotta put that all on storyboard yeah, and where you already have our beats, they're called like, it's like a beat list. So you have to like make, um, you know, like every little like important moments, like milestones, right. let's say, and, mm-hmm. and 
that'll help you as an artist to understand like where to lay things out. Right. So, All right, yeah. Good. Well, I can't wait for that Very to come good. out. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Now Thank for, you. Now for the um, Vampirella, um, for the one shot, if anybody wanted to do pre-order, let me make sure I get this right. If anybody's interested in, in pre-ordering a copy of Lula Luca's um, um, Vampirella cover, it's going to be at getslabbedup.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or just go to my website. Um, you could also do that because I have like a link to it and you could also check out my work. I'll definitely put a link to this podcast so people can hear it as well on my website, um, lulalucas.com. And, and that's L-U-K-A-S for those who yes. are like listening. Yeah. Who don't want to yeah. read it. Gotcha. <laughs> so you could go from there. Yeah. L-U-L-A-L-U-K-A-S.com. And it's easy to just pre-order there. I'm actually almost sold out and they didn't even see the artwork. I don't have the artwork out to my fans yet. So I'm very excited and also pressured <laughs> <laughs> about that. But, but it's a good pressure. It's a good pressure. It's, it's not like really taxes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, Lula, first, I am so glad to have you on the podcast. I want to thank you for giving us, you know, some time to kind of ch chop it up about, you know, all the projects that are coming along. And once again, if you guys are interested in checking out Lula's work, it's lulalucas.com. Um, and you could also, if you want a copy of her um, of her cover for Vampirella, that's going to be getslabbedup.com. That's so hard for me to say. Lula, <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. Please come by again whenever you want. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. I, I was happy to have somebody intelligent to talk to. So you've made my day. <laughs> wow. Okay. And on well, that I'd note. Love, <laughs> I would love to talk to you one day too about your, your critiques on uh, the Joker. I'd like to respond to some of uh -oh. the That doesn't said. sound good. So, so definitely pencil me in. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. On that note, we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after a brief pause, we'll be right back. All right, um, so now we're back, and now it's time to do some reviewing. So now, this episode, we're going to be talking about the Netflix series Warrior Nun. And with a synopsis, is a guy who actually wasn't just talking because the format has changed. MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Go right ahead, buddy boy. Oh, God, it's so good to hear my voice, and I know that's what you're all saying right now. Alrighty, Warrior <laughs> Nun is the live-action serial adaptation of the Canadian comic book Warrior Nun Ariala. The TV series was created by Simon Barry. The published series was created by Ben Dunn and premiered in December 1994 with Warrior Nun Ariella number one. The TV series debuted on Netflix on July 2nd of 2020 with 10 episodes for season one with the second season moving through the pipes. Warrior Nun has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 72% with an audience score of 72% and a Metacritic score of 62 out of 100 with an audience of 60 out of 100. Just consistent on both sides. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All righty, synopsis. Our father kicking ass from heaven. Hollow point bullets improve my aim. Now all you hedonistic <laughs> left-handers better watch out. These nuns will take a ruler to your knuckles and brass knuckles to your face. When newly deceased 19-year-old tetraplegic Ava has a shiny metal halo burned into her back, she rises from the dead and walks out of a gun battle. The mystical halo gives Ava Lionel's sight beyond sight. Kitty Pride's intangibility, and B.A. Baracus's bad attitude. Having neglected the duty of the one that possesses the Halo's gifts, Ava is pursued by several sisters of the Holy Smackdown, who need her strength for the upcoming battle that 
never really gets up and going. Uh, in the meantime, a shady CEO is seeking to build her own portable heaven, but that plot kind of fizzles out as well. So if you're looking for taut drama or insane action, you'll get none of this and none of that. Oh, God. <laughs> the puns. Yes. I thought he was going to win another one. Go ahead, Mike. Anyhow, starring uh, Alba Batista as Ava Silva. Toya Turner as Sister Mary, otherwise known as Shotgun Mary, which I would just love that to be my name. Uh, Thecla Rutan as Julian Salvius. Uh, Lorena Andrea as Sister Lilith. Uh, Christina Tantera Young as Sister Beatrice. Tristan Uloa as Father Vincent. Olivia Declan as Sister Camilla. Uh, Joaquin de Almeida as Cardinal Francisco Duretti. Peter de Jersey as Christian Schaefer. Uh, Lope Hayden Evans as Michael Salvius, Sinead McInnes as Sister Crimson, Sylvia DeFante as Mother Superior, William Miller as Adriel, Emilio Sacraya as JC, May Simone Lifshitz as Chanel, Demetria Bold as Randall, and Charlotte Vega as Zori. All right, those so are all the people get... that you do not need to know because we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's start talking about the Netflix series Warrior Nun, but before we do that. Let's press that spoiler warning on, uh, well, I was going to say that, press that button. Press that button that has a spoiler warning that we paid so much money for. There we go. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Mike and Ralph don't love me, but Steve still loves me. So that spoiler warning was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. Stush. Stush. Amen. <laughs> I just feel the I just feel the nearest church around my neighborhood start crumbling right now. Well, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> I can just be walking by. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I'm a, a master Gregorian chanter. You're a master something, all right. That's right. Peter. <laughs> Peter, yes. <laughs> so let's go into it. Let's start talking about Warrior Nun. Now, I remember when we had talked about things that we wanted to put on our list of things to watch. I really didn't have a lot of high expectations for this. Um, let, let me say this. I was definitely... I, I, I'll say this. There's a lot of problems with it, but I was a lot more entertained than I thought I would be. But this, this movie had a lot of problems. Quick well, question. It's not a movie. I'm sorry, seriously. As you, as you found out. <laughs> yes. So, so just, to be, just to be totally transparent, I was telling the guys before the podcast that when we gave the assignment of Warrior Nun, I didn't know it was a series. I thought it was a movie. So I went to a couple of days before we tape, um, before we recorded, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, shit, 10 episodes. So I had to really cram it all in. <laughs> so let's talk about Warrior Nun, the series. Excuse me. Um. Is it me, before we talk about anything else about the plot, is it me or the, the actress that played Ava looked a lot like um, Ellen Page? Oh, God, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every, every time I was like, you're like a young Ellen Page. You're a young yeah. Ellen Page. You're a young Ellen Page that doesn't have that much acting ability, but you're a young Ellen Page. <laughs> actually, she was fine. I'm just kidding. She was actually fine. So <laughs> I was, um, I, I wanted to know how you guys felt about the introduction of the reluctant hero. I feel like the past couple of podcasts we've talked about um people that were thrusted into this hero role we had it the last time we talked about the old guard we talked about um i, I guess not so much with alita batter angel but we've had a couple of shows where we talked about somebody who's been thrusted into this position of 
being a hero. Did it work for this series with Ava, you know, being put not by any choice of her own as the Halo bearer? Uh, for me, the long answer is no. Um, <laughs> the shorter answer is going to take a lot longer to get to. No, um, it was kind of reminding me of, I, I know definitely we talked about it with Shazam, or at least I talked about it with Shazam, uh, the movie. Um, and it's the same problem. I, I don't mind a reluctant hero, but out of 10 episodes, she shouldn't be reluctant for seven of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like by that point, it's like, you know what? I understand you guys would like to have her help you fight, but maybe just get over it and move on to things because this is getting quite long for her to be a reluctant hero. Now you're just an ungrateful hero <laughs> by this point. Um, so yeah, I did have problems with it. I, you know, I, I guess the uh, writer, director were trying to give us that feel, but all it kept making me as time went on is start to dislike her. Okay. Because, you know, because I mean, again, my hero doesn't have to be like, I'm jumping into a burning building three seconds after I've gotten that power, but it's just, you know, like I said, I mean, it's, I'm not exaggerating, seven episodes before she finally accepts being a hero. I mean, not a hero, but finally decides to join Want into to like their that. battle, you know? Okay. Okay. Ralph? Mine is, is kind of the same, but not as intense as Mike's, where like it, I felt it did take her way too long to want to become the person who they needed her to be. You know, granted, uh, and, and this whole, like, out under conspiracy that was going on, I, I like that fact that you mm -hmm. didn't know who, like, the, the true villain was until the very end. You knew who it was. I mean, <laughs> the whole time I thought it was it, it was the Cardinal, you know, but then it turns <laughs> out. They do, do you know. <laughs> huh? no, I'm kidding. Yeah. But Mike will make it two different jokes. Go ahead. Oh. Um, but like, it, I, I felt that, um, <clears throat> Ava's like progression, it just took way too long. She was mm -hmm. questioning herself way too much, like not knowing what to do. And, and just the simple fact, like you have people there who want to help you. They're telling you like, like, we're here to, to protect you. And then to throw that in, in their face and be like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to do my own thing. is like the pure millennial thing to do. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll say, and I'll, I'm just going to play the other side of the point for a second. I do agree with, your, with both your points about, you know, she was re reluctant way too long. I mean, it's she's a teen. She's a teenager, you know, so she's already meant to be distrustful. And then being in a wheelchair or, pa or, or paraplegic, not quadriplegic, paraplegic. No, she's tetraplegic. Tetraplegic, excuse me, thank you. Um, for all that time, you know, I, I can see a lot of distrust issues and it would take a long time. I do think you got to speed it up. My issue with her because I like the fact that she was kind of snarky and sarcastic. It, it, after episode three, it felt like I had female Chandler Bing. <laughs> if, <laughs> I'm like, okay, can we stop with the shtick and just fucking yeah. keep moving? Well, that was that's, the thing. That's she had a lot of it. Well, she did have she a lot of shtick, and that was, it was annoying because it wasn't that clever. But like I said, with me is, and again, I mean, I, I agree with what the cap is saying about, well, she's a teenager or not, but like, but this isn't real life. Like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have like, you know, three years of, of waiting for her therapy to go through. It's like, it's a story <laughs> and you only have 10 episodes. You have to yeah. move this along. Whether you show her dissatisfaction and her angst in some other way, that's great, but not in seven damn <laughs> episodes. Yeah. And then literally, when I'm not going to discuss the end yet, but we'll get to that, but like, it felt like you rushed the end to get it there. I was just like, you I'll had say. lots of episodes to do this. 
I'll say this. I, I felt like this show suffered from a lot of rushing certain moments, but mm-hmm. leaving other moments a little too long. And let's yeah. start at the beginning. So she runs away. You know, she gets out of, you know, where the other warrior nuns are and she escapes and, and almost drowns in a pool. And she gets, you know, I guess, you know, linked up with a bunch of these squatters, these kind of um, what would you call them? I mean, what's uh, another word for them? They, no, there's like high stakes yeah. squatters. Yeah, high squatters, but they're nonetheless, you know. Yeah, I am squatters. Yeah, so so she gets with them, and she's with them for maybe what two episodes? Three, (laughs) Uh, two and a half. Well, she's with them throughout, but then he's around, and and these are all characters that meant nothing to the rest of the series after that. So you just wasted three episodes. (laughs) I really thought like. I really, really thought that they were gonna make more of those characters. Yeah, I mean. Especially with, I mean, or at least JC. I could see the other ones were being filler to kind of talk about, you know, like, because some of them did serve a purpose. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you saw how they would just, you know, see how they were as a group and how they were nasty to her and whatever. And Chanel was the one that was kind of got her to open up about, you know, she never really got to pick her own clothes, you know, like explaining more about her life. So they, they served purposes here or there. And then when you got rid of all of them and then now you have, you just have um, Ava and JC, I was like, okay, well, maybe this will, nope. <laughs> Yeah, well, Done. I, but also you, it was odd that like you went out of your way to name your character JC, but literally no one at all comments on the fact that she was saved by Jesus Christ. Uh. <laughs> Not being punny, but like, you know, like it was just that she was think about it, she was baptized because she was almost drowning in the pool for those that haven't watched. So she was baptized and pulled out by Jesus Christ. I mean, that's very right. I mean, I'm not and I can't even say that's was the idea of the the creator of the the comic or the show but like that is kind of what you've left me with and it's fine i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad um like a play i'm just saying that like no one kind of like made note of this even in a joking way you know i was like well you yeah jesus christ and this is a religious show in its own way but eh, we'll have it but yeah no that bothered me a lot um because you're like oh where's this going to go is it's going to be what you're waiting for was some kind of interesting pull between secular and the pseudo religious life that's and it wasn't. It was just, it, yeah, that's what you thought this was going to turn into. Like, you know, like maybe like she was going to have her secular Scooby Doo gang, and then like her religious League of Assassins, and that she was kind of riding right. the two of them. And again, maybe that'll be season two. I don't know, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about season one. <laughs> you know, and especially when you know she's she's hanging out with you know the group, and and they they're showing how they get their scam on, and they get to this, they 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 sneak into um, is it Arctech? Arctech, right? Like that, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, um, where, where, um, where Jillian Salvius and, and, and Kristen Schaefer are. So, people who are making this technology using the armor of, um, oh, what's the name of the um, the angel? Um, Adriel Fudge, Adriel, thank you. Um, so they're, they're, they're showing up how, how they're making this, um, they're, they're making technology out of this armor, and you know, she's there and whatever, and all of a sudden, that monster shows up and she's running around. And then the you know the holy kick-ass team show up and they just whisk her away. I'm like, that's it. That we we, we just cut but, away to them. But also, did you notice how uninterested, for the most part, the entire scientific team at Arctech was kind of like, yeah, it's like some kind of dimensional something. Anyhow, we probably should find that girl. And they're not even hot <laughs> on her trail either. They're just kind of like, eh, we'll get around to getting her. And <laughs> I was like. Um, is anyone not interested in anything that's going on in this show right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there, there were there were times where I, there were things I really enjoyed, 
that definitely wasn't one of them. I liked how they built up, and this is just me. I like the way they built up the nun side of the story. The how nuns they build up all the different. Nuns <laughs> were awesome. I thought they were going to be lame, and they were dope. Seriously, I, I mean, they were, were going to be just background support. I love Beatrice. Beatrice is the one that lasts the oh, longest. Oh, thank you. Like, yes. She was excellent. Yes, Beatrice. My, one of my favorite things, not the fight scene was pretty cool. I mean, because the other fight scenes were, they were fine. There was nothing spectacular. Fight but the fight scene with them, um, look. Well, I mean, talking about like the fight scene with Beatrice, when she sends the other nuns, that's when they break an architect. And she sends the other nuns away. And she's like, I got this. I mean, the fight oh. scene was fine. It was a nice fight scene. I loved when she pulled down that chain mail over her face. Yes. It was such an incredible look. It gave me shivers. It was a beautiful look because it was this haunting like nun-like figure in black but with this, this blank yeah. chainmail face it was beautiful it was, really looked well i was kind of hoping she would do that more often but she only did that one time yes yeah. that was the only time they could afford the stunt double <laughs> <laughs> well they should have paid the stunt just... double more because they didn't spend a lot on cgi that's for damn sure <laughs> I liked all of the different nuns because they all had a different personality. Yeah. Even, I mean, you know, I mean, Shannon died, whatever. It's just Shannon died, but you know, from yeah. Lilith to Beatrice to Mary to Shaka, yeah. I, I like Shaka Mary. Even though she was the the typical tough black girl who, you know, is is kind of on the edge and da, 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 da. right. But I I still liked her. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, she was very stereotyped, but I did. I yeah, I grew to really like her a lot. You know, um, I, and of course, yeah. I'm like, like you've got Sister Lilith. I'm sure she won't turn bad with a name like Lilith in a religious type. Yeah. Like, it was just like, of all the names she took, it was Lilith? Really? That's Mother you know, of the Monsters. Nuns take these names. You know, like, you know, nuns take a name, and I'm like, that's the name? <laughs> I mean, all of the all of the characters as part of the, the, you know, the nuns and the fathers, they were great. And Father Vincent, you know, even though people say, well, you know, you might have seen the ending coming. I didn't really see it for a little bit with Father Vincent. I actually saw Car. I got, I got the um, like Ralph said earlier. Everybody thought it was the Cardinal, mm -hmm. because of the actor that plays the Cardinal. I was like, aha, it's him, it's him, <laughs> and it wasn't. And I love that actor. Hey, he um, is, still, he is still a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, yes. the Cardinal he's already is still a piece of shit. He just wasn't that piece of shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> between the Cardinal and the Mother Superior. Yeah, that was. Oh. I mean, the, that selection for that whole group was done really well, and the way they 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 gave everybody an individual personality, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, 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 it was a lot of fun. Um, that way, Father Vincent, though, I kept looking at him, and it's just a it's just a a, a, a slight resemblance, I guess, because of the beard, and whatnot. But I'm like, weren't you robbing a bank on Money Heist? Like, do you have to get back to that? <laughs> like, he just kept making me think of the professor. And I'm just like, it, it takes place in Spain. They're both in Spain. And I'm like, are you robbing a bank right now? Like, father, like, what's going on here? <laughs> I mean, that's another thing that the show had going for it. And I'm not sure if you, you guys agree. Because it was done, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, on location in Spain. The visuals of, of like, the landscapes were just so beautiful. Oh, my God. Now, that doesn't make a show. But it's still just something really good. Look, they were all I over Spain. Spain. The, oh the, the the scene where um, Ava and uh, uh, Sister Mary, there. yeah, they're when they're going to the small town and the scene from the bottom of the town where you see, oh my god, just the, the cityscape of that small little village, it was beautiful. I paused it on that screen. I'm like, wait, where the fuck did they go? Oh my god, you're talking about like this where place... they showed like the, the, the like the villa type thing, but there's like that mountain, like that arcing range but it's that kind of blank yeah yeah i think i think i took a picture of that too 
because I was like, oh, I can use this if I ever need a background, like kind of an image. It was really beautiful. I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely yeah. right. That is a oh, really I take lots of pictures for background and other things, but <laughs> but yeah, they were they were in Marbella, Ronda, um, Antiquera, Malaga, and Sevilla. That's where they they beautiful. were. Oh my god! I'm like I'm like I want to go to Spain. Right? That's exactly what I said too. Maybe not right now, but I want to go to Spain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll talk post post COVID, obviously. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this because I mean the story progresses where you know Ava, you know, starts, you know, she goes back, you know, she gets taken back to, you know, with, with the rest of the warrior nuns. She learns a little bit. Then she leaves again. And she ends up going to the orphanage, which by the way, it was, was a little bit on the nose that the that the that the, the nun that tortured Ava, not Ava, but treated her bad. Her name was Sister Francis. She looked like a Sister Francis, didn't she? <laughs> I don't know what a Sister Francis looked like, but I knew she was, I, I knew I she was guilty, though. Like, I, I mean, she holds, I knew the, she the, the, the moment that she wouldn't say how she died, I was like, oh, you killed her. <laughs> right. But do you think, because we're talking about, you know, the reluctant hero and things of that sort, and spoilers, Ava comes back and kills Sister Francis. How do we feel about that? Well, it wasn't I was kind of like... She was overcome. It wasn't on purpose. She was overcome. I say, by it was, I say it's utter nonsense. <laughs> she better not make a habit of it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that <Yes>. was <laughs> but um, but the no, puns are I, contagious. It, it's it's again. It was one of those things where, I mean, I was fine with the the death of the nun because it's like you know, it's, you know, most shows it's like someone's done something bad. They've got to pay the ultimate price if it was ultimately bad. Um. It's just that once again, it was just like, aha, oh, this went nowhere. Okay. <laughs> like it was just, oh, yeah. this is going to, nope, nothing, nothing, not a damn. You're just putting in scenes now. Like, and that's unfortunately what a lot of this felt like. It's like, you know, like, and I think then she momentarily had a crisis like four episodes later, but, and then it was brief and I'm like, well, it's too little too late at this point. Like you seemed really over it. And I mean, I know in real life we we internalize things, and but it's like this isn't real life, and you don't have that kind of time. <laughs> Move your show along. <laughs> um, um I, well, um, what I was going to ask was because it's funny that Mike, you keep talking about the fact that you know we we're supposed to move it along, and and, and I kind of mentioned earlier about there's like they move certain things fast, and they kind of linger on certain other things. Were either of you, were, were Ralph and Mike, were either of you shocked that Lilith got what she got? when she got it so when when she went to you know because we already knew that lilith was going to come after ava obviously the um the cardinal made it obvious that he wanted her he wanted the, the halo and he wanted to have a bearer that was under his thumb but did, were you surprised that they kind of it, it almost happened pretty immediately or did you expect fast. it to kind I mean, of linger that, like i mean it wasn't that fast i mean it wasn't it was like what the third or fourth episode it wasn't until five that's halfway through so it's not that fast um, no, I mean, you, you knew she was going to, and something would have to turn her into the bad. Like I expected her though, to be more of the anti halo bearer. I don't know what you would call that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to, yeah, I've come back from the dead and I'm kind of badass, And then like everything else in this series is like, and then that kind of dwindled away. <laughs> like, like, like by the end, you're like, oh, she's going to stop them. No, she's helping them. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah. I had a problem with that. Ralph, what did you think about how they treated Lilith, especially when they they first try to kill her off? Spoilers. Well, um, there's someone who wants to say something. He has an explanation. 
Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. I'm back, bitches. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> so the thing that happened with Sister Lilith was um, when she was taken to that uh, alternate world where the demons are, or quote-unquote demons, uh, she was sort of transformed, you know, so that way her body is actually now made up of the same substance that the demons are made out of. And that's why mm-hmm. she has these extra dimensional powers. Um, though I didn't really, I kind of expected something like that because she's too big of a character to be, uh, you know, destroyed and disposed of that quickly. Right. Um, and, and it, but they did seem to sort of, uh, you know, not use her to her full potential, I guess you could say. Well, we're unclear uh, about her full potential. That's not out of the problem. Well, and, and, and how she come tell you. Her full potential no, is, uh, incalculable at this moment. So this has been Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. Can you explain yeah. nothing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I said there was no explanation. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but it was just one of those things. Like it's like, oh, okay, so she's going to be the bad person. Well, she's not, but she's killed for no good reason. So that's bad. So then she helps the nuns because then we find out that this has all been a misleading thing. So yeah. I don't know what's going on anymore. And then and then the show ends. And you're like, oh. <laughs> I, li- I liked how they started off with Lilith. I like the fact that, you know, she was kind of giving Shotgun Mary shit about, like, you know, you know who should be the, the rightful um, Halo bearer and all those things. But once she got taken into hell, I'm like, well, how did she come back? How, how did she come back? She just came back? That's, well, because... I, I was like, did I fall asleep? Because we learned that hell is not actually hell. And that the angel is not actually an angel. That's not, I mean, that's an explanation. That's still not an answer, but, well, that's still I'm, not an answer I'm, but yes. I'm trying, I'm trying not to be spoilerific. I was going to text you guys because I was like, did I miss something? Did I really miss something? Because I was just totally like. It was funny. When, okay, she, so when, you, when you first see her back is when she's walking back towards the convent. And it's really funny because her hair was down and I'm like. This woman looks familiar, but I couldn't place who she was, <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Oh, Lilith, that's it." <laughs> <laughs> um, were we surprised that the doctor had um these ulterior motives, you know, or was it your typical um you know color in numbers kind of um Doctor Evil plot, but good intention? Um, I mean, her plot, like, it just dwindled down to like. Oh, my son is sick. And this portal, for unknown reasons why I would believe it would heal him, would heal him. And it would send me away, him away from me. I'm like, you just want to get rid of your kid. I'd like, just go to a movie if that's the case. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and then, like, then this kid that's like, you know, not until the last, literally the last moment. It's like, oh, he's got some of the same metal. That's why he's connected to this. Because otherwise, it was just all this, like, what what's going on <laughs> you know like this that, kid's like i know where she is why do you know where she is kid <laughs> see that was the the whole concept of the metal was confusing as hell to me because once they yes. once once they um reveal the fact that it wasn't his armor it's the actual beasts that are that were that the the demons that are melted down and turned into armor right. then then how is it that it's the angel's armor? It's like that—that that makes no fucking sense, and that he has a connection to it. It's like 
this, this thing's a fucking demon. It's a, a real life thing. Why do you have a connection to it? It's like, right. it, it made no fucking sense. And then, yeah. um, it's like, I could understand if the kid was hearing voices from the other side. It's like, why does he have a connection with it? It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. No sense at all. Right. I'm sorry. Or, no or also the fact that the halo belonged to these demon creatures. And I'm not, not in a religious sense, but it's their property, these demon-like creatures. But what purpose did it serve for them? It's just, so this guy that's pretending to be an angel steals from these things that aren't demons, steals this thing that we don't know what it would do for them. I mean, we know what it does kind of, well, we vaguely know what it does when it's put into a human, but like, we don't know what, because it seems like it, she can melt down the divinium into a liquid substance. I'm like, but that liquid substance is what they're made of. So you have the thing that melts you down for like, what the hell does this thing do? <laughs> so I, so it just, I it have left you with more questions, but not good ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, have, I have a theory. So clearly this angel guy is some sort of uh, fugitive from thief. this other dimension. Yeah. Well, I think and he's a thief he's, that's popped into their dimension personally, but yeah. Yeah. And then the, okay. the demons are like, you know, bounty hunters are just like retrieval agents that are trying to get, get the halo back. And especially, especially when they kept harping on the fact of talking about aliens and things of that sort, I figured I agree with you, Ralph. When they talked about, you know, when I mean, Adriel made the hint of you guys believe what we what you want to believe who I am. Yeah. But when they kept talking about aliens, also I was like, okay, I feel like that's what it is, also. Yeah, and, and um, I don't know. It's just it's just confusing as fuck. And the fucking cliffhanger is like, come on. It's like, well, it's, well, it's, here. it's a big fight that we've been waiting for. <laughs> Yeah. Well, first of all, let's rewind for a second before we go to, 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 to the big fight that we're, quote, waiting for. Um, how did you guys feel about when, I mean, they, they, they make all this effort to join forces and, you know, everybody's on the side of good, or at least, you know, you now you got Lilith on the side with, you know, with Beatrice and everybody, and they start working together and they figure out how to go through this 20 foot fucking. Oh, brick that wall. was an endless and- experimental scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Pointless. It really was, but go ahead. How did you feel when you got to the end of that twenty foot wall, and you got a guy, and you're like, um? Oh, I saw that bones, one coming. But I saw that one coming, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I saw. That. I was like, yeah, this guy's still gonna be alive, and he's gonna be in there. And then the whole turnaround, where it's like, oh, it wasn't that, um, you know, that that they put his bones away. It was that, you know, they saw this guy was dangerous, and they locked him away. Right. That, yeah, I, I saw that turnaround coming. But but when she, she showed saw up, that coming. when she showed up in that room though, you saw the old guy in like cloth. I was like, is he going to ask her to choose a chalice and drink from it? <laughs> like, oh. Mister <laughs> Jones, choose a chalice. I was like, wrong movie, dude. <laughs> really, I was an Indiana Jones Last Crusade reference for those who don't know. I was just getting, in case. I was getting more of an like Obi One reference in there with the with the whole hooded. All of I, and the I didn't know what I was getting. I was just like, wait, and of course, I'm not done. Like, where the bones? Where the bones? Why is there a guy here? Oh, he's there. Oh, God. Bones, All bones, right. Say <laughs> the bones, them bones, them um, bones. But you but guys, I'm, you guys kind of. So go ahead, oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, I was about to say, but then I'm like, so we went through this whole endless, needlessly endless scenes of her trying to go 20 feet through a wall um, like with her intangibility powers, which was not interesting to say the least. Um, especially considering that you're like, well, okay, you've given her an earpiece so you can stay connected. How are you staying connected? It's also intangible, but we won't get into that. Um, 
But then <laughs> afterwards, they were like, well, we can just, which they were like, we can just blow it up. Like, remember, they were like, we're going to drill holes in the wall. Yeah. She doesn't come back and blow it up. I'm like, so then you could have just blown it up, like, uh, the, whole, the whole time. I, 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 but, I don't or, the purpose or, of this now. Or the simple fact, the, um, which was, was it Sister Beatrice, the one who was helping her, right? Yeah. Yes. She seems pretty smart, right? Mm-hmm. More like she, probably smarter. Smart, yeah. Probably smarter than me. Probably smarter than you. Um, no. You, you're underground. You know that signals, even if you're you're right there and it's transmitting through forty. What was it two hundred feet? Uh, two hundred feet, right? Well, it's twenty feet. She was trying to so, walk. Twenty feet. Twenty feet of solid rock. You think your signal is going to go through? Yeah. Yeah. That'll work. I mean, I, also, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but you know, that doesn't make sense to me. But also, it was like it was working in the lab. I'm like, well, why was it going through 20 feet of substance there? I like, yeah, it's just it was just one of those plot twists that wasn't needed, and they op- it took up so much screen time getting her to do it that like you didn't even at least I didn't feel I never felt that like hooray moment she did it. You were like, finally, like can we now move to another scene? <laughs> You know. that, that whole so here's here's my theory the whole that whole scene was more just to show her growth of how yeah, yeah i was just gonna say that because yeah. it's, it's her fighting through a fear that she has and because she's believing in her team yeah, and, yeah. because she fought through this fear she is now able to unlock the full potential of the halo yes right that's and not that, the game that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> um there's a couple of things that I, I mean, I'm going to go down and, and, you know, I'm not going down fighting, but there's a lot of things about this movie that there's a lot of questions for and a lot of like, you know, like curiosity about the motivation and how they went about it. There are things I, I definitely liked about this movie. Mm-hmm. The show, I mean, I mean like, it, that's fun. And it's, if you, that's, that's something that's some of the you know? crap, you know, um, I right. have a question for you. Um, Divinium, it glows yes. in the presence of Halo. Yes. Right. Evidently, um, Father uh, Father Vincent's tattoos are made of divinium. Yep. Because they glow at the end. Yep. They haven't glowed once before. And that high-pitched nope. sound never happened before. Nope. Yep. But suddenly he's got tattoos of divinium. You're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, congratulations. You have found yourself in a plot hole. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of many. There, there was a lot. <laughs> you know. There was a lot. So it's funny because you talk about plot holes. Let's go toward, you know, the ending. So you're building to this ending. You build to, you know, her going through the wall. She finds Adriel. They have this conversation. You know, she finds out who Adriel really is by via flashback. Um, and then, you know, you, you get her out. The, the one thing I did like about this movie, of this show. Sorry, I keep saying movie. I wanted to be a movie. Um, It'd probably be quick. The thing I liked about this, right? <laughs> um, the thing I like about the show is is one of the complaints that Mike has all the goddamn time is that when a when a hero has powers, he automatically like I could do this, I could do that. She stumbled through a lot of shit, and I like that. Like she, even when she thought she was badass, she got her ass kicked. I'm with that, even yeah. when she was. You know, like, like it made it, it made me feel like, okay, well, you know, she relied more on her team. She wasn't like, you know, I can do it all. Even in the last scene when she came back after, you know, they saved her from being trapped with Adriel, you know, she 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 has her ass kicked and she's like, I'm like, all right, I like that. But the ending was very like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, also my problem though was as they're coming up towards the ending when they're going toward the bones, and I mean they even kind of made light of it where like she was like, well, you know, like I'm the Halo Bearer, so like I'm like leading the team kind of a thing. It's like you you've been with them for not only have you only been with them for one episode or one and a half episodes, even in their time you've barely been with them for more than one and a half episodes. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't know yeah. jack crap. You haven't learned anything. They haven't had a chance to train you to do anything. <laughs> you know, and you have zero leadership experience. Exactly. Yeah, so, she's yeah, not some leader. That makes sense. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was one of those where I'm like, ah, just I'm like, let's just get through this at this point. You know. But once again, that's her shtick. That's like her her constant shtick. What, like I said. Two or three episodes, and if you sprinkle it here or there, it's fine to show that you're not confident, to show that you're overcompensating. That works. But if every single time you're using it, I'm like, oh, come on, shut up. Come on, yeah. let's just let's just, let somebody else talk, please. <laughs> it also um, like it also gave you the feeling that even though she supposedly has made some growth, it made you feel like oh, she hasn't changed at all. So then, like we watched right. her develop into not changing, really. <laughs> you know. With halo on the back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, yeah. She went on, on the hero's journey, but then when it got to the point where you're supposed to change, she skipped over that part. Where there's growth. <laughs> right. She, she skipped over that part in the hero's journey and just said, I'll come back to it later. Very, um, I want to yeah. go back to a point that Mike, Mike said about when they got to the 20 foot, to the 20 foot wall walkthrough. Is it me or because Mike said it earlier about like the Lilith thing, like Lilith shows up to interrupt everything that's going on. And then, you know, um, Shotgun Mary grabs her in a chokehold and is like, I know who you are. I know who you are. Is it me or I was just kind of like, you're just going to let her hang with you guys after she just had a outburst like that and being back from hell? You yeah. guys are going to really keep her around? I really felt like she was going to turn. And when she didn't turn, I was really disappointed. Well, yeah, because again, like I said, you kind of expect her to be the anti-Halo bearer. Whatever that would mean. Right. We don't know. <laughs> but that's what you're expecting. And it's fine. It's nice to have a twist to your expectations that that keeps you lively but this was like a it wasn't a twist it was just a i can't fathom what you're doing now like like this isn't clever i don't know what's going on and i don't like it <laughs> whatever it is you know what do you think guys what do you think the bigger twist was or was supposed to be the reveal of the tomb or the reveal of, of who really killed sister shannon what do you think they intended the bigger twist to be Oh, I think the, the death. Yeah, I think the death of uh, Shannon uh, or Sister Shannon. I think that killer was supposed to be the big. Oh Lord in heaven! Good goobity goo. <laughs> it's like we trusted you, Father Vincent. How dare you? You working? Yeah, for I that wanted guy. a little bit. You didn't and, molest and, enough kids, and I was suspicious of you all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, did you? How did you guys feel like the ending was? So now Adriel walks over to them and he starts commanding all these demons, which that was another cool thing about the movie, how they showed possession of the demons, mm -hmm. how they how they would possess people and how they kind of stood over there. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that, that was really imagery. cool. And, and did you also love the fact that we had, at no point were ever told or showed that Adriel could control that nope. until the very last scenes where you're like, you yep. can control them? Why? <laughs> or you know, better yet well, how yeah well there's also the how because I mean again we even if we say that they have faulty information about a lot of the denizens of this hell like dimension 
we also don't know that they have bad information. So that we, we haven't been given any other information besides theirs. So these right. whispery things are supposedly from the same type of place as that big, whatever that demon's called. So if oh, those, if the big demon thing is after him, after Adriel, yeah. why would the wispy things be controlled by him? And he also, even if you said, well, the halo can do it. He doesn't have the halo. He just seems to naturally right. be able to control these things suddenly and didn't do it a thousand years ago or however many hundreds of years ago it was, you know. What's interesting, Ralph has not said once his favorite saying in the past couple of shows. What's that? In I book, owe Mike a million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> well, Gosh, I, haven't, I haven't read the book. And even in the book, it wouldn't help you much because the book, uh, Ava isn't in the book. The, the book follows wow. it's, a, it's, it's a different it's a different nun it follows Ari the one that they were talking about initially well yeah. it follows Ariella it's it's called yeah, warrior nun Ariella as yeah. I said twice in my opening I, I that's what I just <laughs> referred to what the fuck dude? come on relax relax all right <laughs> is there anything else you want to add before we go to renaming and ratings no I'll just add that I think it was fun. It wasn't a, it wasn't slow in regards to the, sitting down watching it, but it leaves you with a lot of questions. If it's entertaining and just kind of watching it, just kind of just letting it fly by, it was fine. But I mean, well, you know, plot wise, it left a lot of issues. So let's go into it. Renaming the series. Ralph, should I go first, or do, or do you think you have one already? I have one, right, but you can go first. You do. Oh. I know you like okay. going first. Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> no, I like going first to buy you time. It's age before beauty. Don't forget that, Ralph. That's, that's a long time then. <laughs> All right, so um, renaming the series. I'm going to call it, hey, sister, get off my back. All right, there we go. <laughs> Ralph? Warriors, some, but not that girl. She's not a nun. Oh, God. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. My uh, I call it warrior none too interesting for half the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just gone shorter right. and just been like Sister Act 4, but you know. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you didn't do that. <laughs> you had the whoopee character right there with Shotgun Mary. Oh, right, so, she reminded so me of that. Let's like, the go whole time. into it. Let's go into it. Ratings for, I was about to say for Sister Act. Ratings for <laughs> Warrior None Season 1. Ralph. I give. Warrior Nun, six out of ten. Was that supposed to hurt me? Wow, because I, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go a little bit more than Ralph. I'm going to give it six and a half halos on the back that slightly resemble Ringworm out of ten. <laughs> Mike? I give it six fucks given, none out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the puns! <laughs> Yes, I had to end it on a pun. I couldn't get that out. Oh, my goodness. All right. So there you have it. Warrior Nun. Will there be a season two? Yes. In this life or the next? <laughs> well, God, I'm trying to set up a pun. But, guys, don't go anywhere. Geeks on the go. That's next. Geeks on the go. Now we're Warrior Nuns. Did you get that one? All right. <laughs> uh, I barely got it, but that's okay. Now with more warrior nuns. All right. So now let's do what we normally do. You know the segment. 
I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And we rarely make it under a minute. It's going to be hard for me, but let's give it a try because, you know, Ralph just lives to make my life miserable. And also, you start off the premise of the entire event with a big lie. You, you say that you ask quick questions, which is a lie, and that we give quick answers, which is usually a lie, too. Yeah. As long as it's equal. <laughs> all right, all right. Ready, set, go. Which comic book god should get a makeover? Marvel's Hercules or DC's Ares? Ralph. Aphrodite. I would love to give her a, 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 a makeover. Okay, done, Mike. <laughs> she just sounded African, Aphrodite. Um, Marvel's Hercules is already by, so I think DC's Ares should just switch companies and date him. Wow. <laughs> All right, name the better comic book crossover plot. The Joker becomes the Asgardian god of mischief or Lobo trying to capture a bounty on Wolverine's head. Mike. Uh, Joker is the god of mischief, but I better get to write it. Okay, um, Ralph. Lobo. Gotta go with Lobo. I figured you would. And finally, with COVID still plaguing much of the United States, how long would you wait before entering a movie theater again? Ralph. Um, probably another year. Probably another year. Mike? Uh, our national anthem will be Meet George Jetson. Uh, 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 oh, we got it. Yes, nope. we got it under a minute. Yes, He wasn't finished yet. <laughs> That one didn't count. Oh, no, I still have to finish the rest of the song. Oh, no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> that didn't count. I'm sorry. Let's go to the judges. Three judges? Times. The judges say that didn't count. Sorry. Oh, no, that counts. I'm counting it. Fuck it. It's my segment. That counts. <laughs> All right. I think it counts. So now we hit three times in seven years. That's fantastic. That's All a right. good batting shout out. Shout outs. Do we have any shout outs? Mike and Ralph. I would like to uh, shout out. I everyone and no one again because you know everyone and no one is amazing wow okay there you go. okay and mike i'm going to shout out to our lovely guest today lula lucas thank you for joining and i know you didn't say it on the show but i could hear behind your voice that you were trying to say that the show works only because of me and i really appreciate the fact that I know that's what you wanted to say. So thank you. Well, if you give her that check that you promised, she will say that. <laughs> hey, but yeah, eight digits are eight digits. <laughs> absolutely. I was so glad to have Lula on the show. I've been talking about it for about a year now. So glad that she was part of it. Um, shout out, of course, South Carolina. Shout out to Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, thank you for the suggestions. I gave it to the guys. Well, let's see what they think. Shout out to JP who listened to the... Um, to the... Um, um, Use your words. Oh, Alita Battle Angel. There you go. Sorry, Alita Battle Angel. Um, and he had definitely a lot to say, and I absorbed the entire brunt of it. So, gentlemen, we will talk about this after the podcast. Ha! Suck it up, JP. <laughs> <laughs> JP, I'm right there Anything with you, bro. <laughs> Anything else we want to add before we go? Nope. All right. So let's. I guess we could put a bow on it and call it a day. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, Ralph the Tech, this is a cap saying keep it geeky, not streaky.